Hi everyone, welcome to Love Essie the podcast. This is episode 21 and this week's book is Allegiance of Honor. Um, this is book 15 in the Side Changeling series. Now I normally don't do this but I want to read you read out loud to you guys the blurb that is on her website um, about this book. The side changeling world has undergone a staggering transformation and now stands at a crossroads. The Trinity Accord promises a new era of cooperation between disparate races and groups. It is a beacon of hope held together by many hands, old enemies, new allies, wary loners. But a century of distrust and suspicion can't be so easily forgotten and threatens to shatter Trinity from within at any moment. As rival members vie for dominance, chaos and evil gather in the shadows and a kidnapped woman's cry for help washes up in San Francisco while the consortium turns its murderous gaze toward a child who is the embodiment of change, of love, of piercing hope. A child who is both sigh and changeling. To find the lost, protect the vulnerable, and save Trinity, no one can stand alone. This is a time of loyalty across divisions of bonds woven into the heart and the soul, of heroes known and unknown standing back to back and holding the line. But is an allegiance of honor even possible with traitors lurking in their midst? Okay, so I read that out loud to you guys. I have not done that for any of the side changeling books. And I did that for a specific reason. As opposed to uh, every book we've had so far in the series and in general most romance novels, there isn't a specific main couple in this book who by the time we get to the end of the book, we are, you know, are enmeshed in their happily ever after or happily for now, whichever term you prefer. That isn't really how this book is structured. And um, if you are new to the series and we're like, ooh, so many books and you wanted to just literally start at a place that didn't feel overwhelming, you could start with either with the next book, uh, which is the book 16, Silver Silence, which is the first book in the side Changeling Trinity arc. Um, so one thing that Nalini, I believe, had mentioned was that Allegiance of Honor, in some ways, is a book that sort of wraps up, sort of like if this was a TV show, it's wrapping up the first season, right? It's sort of a se- season finale, um, and like all season finales, it answers questions, right? It gives you resolution for certain events that have happened throughout the season, but it also poses new questions and new issues that will then be resolved in the upcoming season, right? Um, you're probably like, eh? Work with me, work with you guys. So I'm going to try to talk about this book uh, in, in a very non-spoilery fashion. Um, and then I'm probably going to go deep dive into spoilers. And then lastly, I kind of want to talk about why I gravitate or I've always really, really enjoyed paranormal. And there's talk of a paranormal and sort of, um, of a renaissance of that kind of romance. And I can see why. Anyway, I'll get to that when I get to that. So back to Allegiance of Honor. As opposed to other books where I'm like, and our main characters are X and Y. Um, That's not the case in this book. In this book, we get to spend a little bit of time um, with different, with pretty much, I think, every couple that we've had in a book so far. Right? So you're probably like, wait, what? Hold, Hold up say that again yes so what that means is in this book we see lucas and sasha from book one we see um faith and vaughn from book two judd and brenna from book three clay and talon from book four um oh my god i'm blanking on book five dorian and ashaya from book five 
Mercy and Riley from book six, um, Dev and Katya from book seven, Max and Sophia from book eight, Drew and Indigo from book nine. Ah, whose book is next after? Oh, see, look, my old age is like, who comes after them too? Oh, you're probably like, really, Esther? Hawk and Sienna um, from book 10. Then Riaz and Audra from book 11. Um, Caleb and Sahara from book 12. Vasic and Ivy from book 13. And Aiden and Zaira, or Zaira from book 14. And you're probably like, skirt, skirt, what? And on top of that, we see some secondary characters who, up until this point in the series, do not have a significant other, a partner, yet some of these characters will be getting books in this new Trinity arc. Some, I want them to get books and hope and pray that uh, Nalini blesses us with their books. Um, and when you're like, who are these other characters? We see um, Mia, is it Mian Levesque or Mian? Mian? I'm going to call her Mian, um, who is the Black Sea um, Alpha uh, her second in command, Malachi, um, who I'm kind of like, are they together? I haven't really figured it. I feel like they're together, but I don't really, I don't know. I, and I want them to be together, but I, I can't be sure. So I have questions. Um, Anthony Kiriakis, uh, Faith's father, Nikita Duncan, Sasha's mother, uh, Bowen Knight, the security chief who's now head of the Human Alliance. And then we're also introduced to characters that will end up having more prominence in this new arc um and we're they're briefly mentioned in this book so this book i really like i really want you guys to think of like a sort of a season finale in a a sort of a multi think of a Grey's Anatomy series finale with like the twists and the turns and the fact that very often we touch on different people throughout you know the series kind of thing of course because this is a book we can go into way way more detail um and so one of the things um that i think i really because you're probably like okay but it's a romance but there's no main couple so like how does that work well part so if you've ever read a romance and when it was finished, we're like, well, I wonder what happens with that couple and I hope they're happy. And do they ever like end up with a baby or just or all these questions that you kind of have that end when a book ends? Um, some of that gets answered in in this book because we're able to go back to these couples. We don't spend the whole book with them, but we spend significant portions with them. Now, I would say we spent a significant amount of time amount of time with Lucas and Sasha, partially because a part of the plot of this book deals with them and their daughter and what is going on with that. Um, I feel like we also spend a significant amount of time with Ivy, Ivy Janes and um and Vasic, uh his fa his, you know father of the harp a great-grandfather Zizan um as well as Caleb and Sahara because these are people who are still figuring out what is going to be going on with the Psy race as they're moving you know out of silence and into this new world so of course we see um a lot of them but I feel like the way that the other couples show up and are sprinkled throughout and we see moments with them I think is really well done because it makes sense in terms of moving the story forward um, and and completing sort of little mini arcs throughout um, there is a novella that has two uh, a dark river um, leopard who bonds with um, he mates with a human teacher and part of her story is the reason she's alive is because of something that happened. Uh, she was in a horrible 
a train accident when she was a kid and she is saved by a increasingly powerful telekinetic who's a boy while she's a girl and who that telekinetic is and all that gets answered in this um and i think when i read the novella i like immediately was like i know who this is um because i think i read the novella after i'd read his book but anyway we just get to see we get to have all of these moments um with these different couples to see them um as they've grown as their love has matured as they have settled into their bonds and i think that is absolutely beautiful there is also a feeling of both certain things being completed and certain things beginning which makes sense again silence has fallen but what comes next and what that means has only just begun and there was like the start of both the good things about silence falling and the bad things about silence falling in Aiden and Zaira's book but this book lets us know okay just because something as damaging as silence has been finally you know taken quote-unquote down doesn't mean that now everything is hunky-dory and we live in a utopia and everybody's happy and everyone you know is full of peace and love and joy there's still work to be done and that concept i think is really important at least to me because i think it can be easy to sometimes i mean i don't think i've ever had this thought about romance no i probably had this thought about romance when i was younger i don't have it about now it might be easy to fall into the mindset that romance just shows you you know people dealing with both internal and external conflicts until they reach the quote-unquote happy ending and then smooth sailing right because the book ends except we all you know know that that's not how things work in real life two people three people as many people um come together create you know a wonderful bond but just because you've fallen in love with someone and they love you back and you've you know made a commitment to each other does that mean that that is where the work ends or stops or everything is smooth sailing life still continues to be life there is the good there is the bad there is a you know mediocre there's the you know people have to work together to maintain relationships and especially right now as maintaining bonds and connections can feel frustrating and hard and fraught with so much both danger and tension and frustration because of everything going on reading this book was there were a lot of emotions I felt because there was like oh the moments of just like sheer like happiness of seeing like these couples that I've these characters that I've come to absolutely love and wish I you know were real it's like I'd hang out with them and be friends with them but then I would live in a anyway um and then also seeing the the sorrow but being reminded as I'm reading that without that sorrow the happy moments might not resonate as much and sometimes i do get aggravated with this whole idea well if we don't suffer how can we ever truly appreciate the good things in life i'm like but at the same time i i see the validness of that argument as much as it annoys me i get it going through the difficult and the low and the just utter sheer shittiness of life also means that when life is wonderful beautiful filled with you know incandescent joy it feels that much more wonderful so this book is is i think a really sort of interesting book when we talk about romance because yeah we aren't there isn't a single couple that you're like oh will they won't they 
um, well, there, there might be, but that, I feel like that would spoil things, so I won't talk about it here. But instead, it's more of a focus on these relationships that we know exist because we've read the series up until this point and being a being shown um what can be and how things can progress in positive ways um by showing us these examples of these couples that like we know where they like quote unquote ended when their book ended and now here we are and it isn't because this is a series it isn't to say like it's not like we saw lewis and sasha in their book in slave dispensation and then never saw them again no they've been with us throughout all these books i mean what book does lucas is their daughter born in hmm good question i would look that up i mean uh yeah but so we've seen them but it's but there have been couples that maybe we haven't seen very much of or we've only seen one half for example katya and dev who i love to pieces i feel like we beef after their book we have very 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 few if any glimpses of katya until she pops up here i feel like in allegiance of honor um I mean, we can get to see Max and Sophia, but I feel like we see Max more than we see Sophia. And part of it is, I think, because often when we see one half of a pairing, if it's like Hawk and Lucas and Dev talking about, you know, issues that affect both the Pax and the Forgotten, obviously it's these three men as the, you know, leaders of their people communicating. And so since they're doing it on a business or whatever level, they haven't brought their you know women with them and so we don't see that interaction that doesn't mean it doesn't happen it's just not on the page um we've obviously seen ashaya throughout because she's a scientist and she's brilliant and all of those things um and we've had i think a few brief glimpses of tally um partially because of you know interactions with john and noor um, but it does feel really interesting to sort of have this book where we're sort of glimpsing all of them together in different ways. Um, this book also gives us something absolutely magical. Um, it gives us another wonderful birth. It's a multiple birth. So not one baby, not two, but three. And there's obviously a celebration for this um specific birth and that gathering is was i think is beautifully written um it made me sad and it made me sad because right now we can't do stuff like that that doesn't mean that that moment that day won't come but currently we can't because if we do we endanger our loved ones and ourselves um but it's just i think it's a really really well done book now if you've never read any book in the series you cannot start with allegiance of honor i feel like you'll have a bazillion questions and just be like wait what skirt what why ha hum ha now if you start with silver silence right which means you read silver silence ocean light wolf rain and <laughs> alpha night which comes out june 9th I feel like once you read those four, you could then go back to Ole Notes of Honor um, because you'd at least have some understanding of what's being talked about. Whereas I feel like if you've never read a single book, you might pick this up and be like, eh, what? I don't, I'm confused. Um, and that's okay. You know, like I, I would just say, you know, um, I mean, I would tell you to start with Slave of Sensation, but some people are like, Esther, that's so many books. Like, girl, some people just can't. Like, they feel overwhelmed, which in that case, I mean, maybe you could read Slave to Sensation, skip to Branded by Fire, then skip to, you know, Kids of Snow, and then 
skip to shards of hope and then from there I don't think you can do that I think that's crazy talk anyway um but yeah this this romance is very sort of different and I'm trying to think if I've read another series where an author does this where we get to a certain book that feels more like a season finale that has like a driving plot but it is you know like not the same and I don't think I know of another like I'm trying to think of the other you know another series I've read is like uh the Black Dagger Brotherhood by J.R. Ward and we don't really see that what she did instead was um she created the B2B legacy books so we were able to learn about new characters and see old couples like couples who'd already had their books um sort of come back in those books and give you know, see from different perspectives but it's not really the same because that's sort of an offshoot series of the main one so yeah i'm gonna say that i can't think of um another author who's done something like this and if you're listening um if you're listening <laughs> if you can think of another author who does something like this in room it's definitely let me know like on twitter or instagram because i would love to sort of like read the series and like get to that point and be like ooh, jizz i like it mm-hmm bitty bitty good jizz all right so i'm gonna pause here and then when I come back, it's going to be spoiler central, central of the spoiling, spoiling of the central. <laughs> okay, see y'all in a bit. All right, so now it's time for Allegiance of Honor, but with spoilers, because, you know, <laughs> I like, you know, like to spoil. So, okay. This book, right, as I was mentioning earlier, isn't, uh, we don't have a central couple as our focus or, you know, there isn't one, you know, there aren't uh, specific main characters that we see their story and their conflict and, uh, you know, the resolution. We don't have that. Instead, what we have is sort of, I guess, an ensemble, um, an ensemble cast um, with appearances by everyone that we've come to know and love and we see where they are at this moment in the book's history where they might be going um, and I think it's really 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 well done um, so as I mentioned earlier we there is like a plot like it's not just like scenes of everybody happy and well everything's wonderful no um there is an attempt to um take sasha and lucas's uh baby from them their cub um naya nadia shayla hunter and obviously that is huge like what um the fact so we've got so two of those sort of like oh my god moments or storylines is the fact that someone tried to kidnap their kid and another black sea changeling um that is one of the missing more information is found out about her and what happens is that john uh short for john quill who's the forgotten kid with like the crazy gorgeous eyes and like the mesmerizing voice him and his friends are basically being you know teenagers by the pier and they notice a bottle bobbing in the water and i wonder what draws them to it anyway he ends up plucking it out of the water um with the help of his friends and then they realize that there's a message in the bottle <laughs> yeah and then they read it and, and the kidnapped changeling layla Savea has written a message um and of course it's like oh shit like who you know the bottle has barnacles on it so it clearly has been in the water for some time like it wasn't just dropped off in the water recently so there's the search for one of the many um one of the yeah i think black sea still has around 20 missing um members so it we're we've got sort of trying to figure out what's going on there we know that the consortium has done this and what two things aren't made clear or no are made clear but we don't have a resolution yet 
there's definitely some there's there are definitely changelings working um with the consortium because the consortium seems to understand how pack structure works in a way that like someone who didn't have access to changelings wouldn't understand um so that's kind of like and i think that's to remind us that even though snow dancer and dark river are fucking amazing and we love them so much and they're so powerful so good and have such a core of honor that doesn't mean that every changeling out there is just a good changeling there are people who are whether they're changeling or they're sire of the human are shit are terrible are evil are you know motherfuckers that should have you know probably had their lives snuffed out before they started but sadly here they are so um and so and we also get sort of like like there's um an ocelot pack uh ocelot is a type of cat uh that is part of the whole snatching naya um thing well not the pack their alpha is whole is part of the whole snatching naya because he's you know a mess and he ends up being you know executed because he's terrible um and the he's got who the there were three kids i think and three adults and then him which would have made seven survivors um anyway so we see like what happens like when a smaller pack gets decimated and like what happens to those pack people like where do they go they end up being you know um accepted into dark river we also so we also find out that like because again the whole fall of silence it's like oh cool we got rid of silence which was bad so now everything's gonna be good right and then like the bad people are like wait skirt what no (laughs) like we're not just gonna sit back and let you like become good and everything's peaceful like that's that doesn't work for us so of course they're working behind the scenes to try and create and sow seeds of destruction in every way that they can so there are people who want to tap into the forgotten there are people who want to tap into changelings and just like bring them down um and so i think this book really is sort of like like we're seeing where all of these people are and i think what this also does is it sets a sort of a baseline for where all of these couples are as we go into this new season right the side changeling trinity season um we now see like where everyone is and we're obviously you know in the following books going to meet new couples um but we now have an understanding of where the couples that we have loved so far are, where they are going. There are also, I've talked about a lot about like sort of the shitty parts. There's also beautiful moments. Um, Zach and Annie, who have like a novella in one of her novella anthologies and are secondary characters. He's a dark river leopard. She was a human kindergarten teacher in the area. They're mated. Um, they have a beautiful baby boy and Annie was in a horrible train accident um, when she was a kid. Like she, her and her mom were traveling one of those high speed trains that crashed and a young boy who was like an extremely powerful telekinetic showed up and like was able to move the pieces of the train of the rubble that were like had her pinned and it's the reason why she's alive. She has like a pretty bad limp because or she can experience a pretty bad limp because the it's described as like um like her bones were completely disintegrated basically like that's how badly they were shattered so they like in outfitted her with this like it's called plascrete i think it was and so it like grew with her and whatever and she's always sort of been like i i wish i could you know say thank you to him so at the very end of the book when there is a huge joint celebration because marcy and riley have had their babies um caleb is there and caleb is the telekinetic right he was a young boy uh he says it's the first time he sort of slipped his leash um and she realizes him and she um gives her son his name as his middle name so there's beautiful moments like that where you know like i think i read that novella after i'd read caleb's book so when i read when i got i think he mentions 
that at one point. Um, I think. Or maybe it was the other way around. Don't know say. But it's like, oh my god. And then there's the fact Mercy and Bradley have their babies. Um, which is like, oh. And it's crazy because it's like, he's a wolf. She's a leopard. And they're both hella dominant. Like, which way are their, like, cubs gonna go? They're pup cubs. And, you know, we find out, like, because they have triplets and it's one girl two boys and the girl is leopard and the 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 two boys are wolves um and i was just like "Mm." so we've got like like moments like that anthony gets to come anthony kiriakis faith's father comes to the the gathering another thing that i thought was really really beautiful so the rats which i think it's like only three that are actually changeling and the rest are just people um humans who basically you know are people who banded together around tejan um and have become a cohesive family unit they get invited to the the ceremony to the the celebration and i remember clay is the one who brings it up um he's like i'm gonna run it by the bulls but these are people i think he doesn't say who and i think the first i mean even this this like third time i read it it like took me a while i was like oh right the rats and so one of the things that i thought was so really interesting is when they're on their way to tejan and his sort of second go arrive first and clay meets them and he's kind of like where's everybody else and they're like oh they're on their way and he doesn't feel insulted but tejan still after everything that has happened was like what if it's a double cross what if it's an ambush what if dark river decides they are tired of us so he decides that him and his second will go and if it is an ambush i mean then no one else dies and then um tasman's one of tasman she's the dark river healer one of her boys because she has twin boys runs up to them when they have been walking into the area where the party is being held and ends up like shifting and whatever and that's when they realize like if this was an ambush there wouldn't be like there wouldn't be children here and so their people come in and so that the last i think like two chapters of the book is um all or the last part um is all this celebration of all these people who've worked so hard to bring down silence because silence is was always a problem and not that psychic training and control is an issue because no for everyone who has a violent ability they need to know how to control and manage it so that they don't lash out and accidentally kill their loved ones but that you know completely bearing emotions and letting psychopaths brain is a problem so there's beautiful moments of seeing different characters come together there's also oh there is you know z zen passes and or z squared and it's oh it's heartbreaking but it's also beautiful in that he lived he was alive when silence began and was able to make it to see it come down and to see you know the son of his heart his great-grandson you know fall in love and live a full or start what will be the beginning of a full life and that mean that doesn't mean it's a perfect wonderful beautiful life with nothing that ever goes wrong of course not there's still going to be struggle there's still going to be strife there are going to be issues but there's also the chance and the capacity for so much love and joy and just emotion and the entire range of emotions we are also informed of the fact that the signet is still not whole and i guess now that i think about it when i'd read this i think the first few times the first time or whatever never really occurred to me but it makes sense now that i'm thinking about it again um that the signet was always meant to be the kind of construct that had all the energies of all three so quote-unquote races and so this entire time we're at book 15 and the focus has been on sigh feeling emotion and what is now 
being made very clear is that it's not just about side feeling emotion. There's something else that needs to be there. And that and the realization is that there needs to be human integration because there was always human integration pre-silence. And unfortunately, it's been a hundred years of humans being hunted and abused and misused and mistreated by Psy. So can that just, you know, like be changed over that girl? No. So there's a lot in this book that sort of gets answered, right? And there's also so many questions. So many questions. And having reread this, I now have even more questions for Alpha Knight. I'm like, oh wait, but uh oh ah. Uh. And also like who will the next book be after Alpha Knight? I have no idea. I mean, I want a Nikita Anthony book. I want Oh, this is the book where Kit goes roaming, and I'm just like, oh shit, I forgot about that. I mean, could we get a book with Kit? Please? Um what about you know, Black Sea Changelings, uh, like Malachi and Mian, are they together? And if they are, can we get a book? Or maybe not a book. Maybe they can be se- like a secondary love story in someone else's book. Because if they're already together, it's kind of like, well, we're not going to, you know, we're not going back in time. Um, of course, with the fact that humans need to be part of the side net, does that mean the next book will be a side human Will it just be something completely other th- up from that? Who knows? Um, it, it definitely is a book that like is like, ooh, this feels both like a like an ending and very much a beginning. And I think it is so, so, so well done. I'm trying to think of any other things really stood out for me in this book. I mean, I mentioned how like the pack celebration, the inner pack celebration, because this is two packs, Dark River and Snow Dancer, was beautiful, but also felt so sadly poignant right now because it's something that currently in real life we can't do. I mean, there are people who are doing it, and we're not going to talk about those people, but it was just like. <gasps> But it also made me hopeful for when that time does come, when those, when we do move into a place where we can be together, old and young and middle-aged and young adult and family and bonds of, you know, all of the bonds of love and loyalty. Ooh, Xavier, the priest guy who's friends with Judd and Caleb and who's human, finds he is like Nina and it is, ah. Uh, I really, really also really like that. And I thought it was really interesting because Xavier seems like, you know, they meet at his church and clearly he's someone who's been helping Judd and the ghost who we then find, you know, eventually learn is Caleb Krychek. But getting to see his story in the letters that he writes to Nina, which are sprinkled throughout this book, and then seeing their, their coming together, um at the in this book is like such a I thought it was such a nice way to also see how someone who was human who would hated the side because of what the side did to him and his people could grow past those feelings could grow to understand that they're not all a monolith and get to a place where he is friends with them I think it's also one of the things I thought was also fascinating Caleb Krychek and in some ways the Arrows are these characters who are really, really dark, right? They, you know, Caleb is very, is always, always the first to be like, I'm not a good person. I'm an evil person. Except Sahara said I should be nice, so I'm being nice for her sake. But like, cross me and you die kind of thing. And seeing like at one point he realizes he's collecting people and just like not people family and um found family right meaning not family that you're related to by blood but family that you make people that you make the decision the conscious decision to create a bond with them to love them to nurture them to be there for them um 
to give them tough love if they need it is something that is absolutely beautiful. Um, There are many people out there who have a family because of found family, right? Whether it is because you're an actual orphan or you were given up, given away, or your biological family who, you know, didn't give you away ended up being too toxic, too damaging for you to continue to let them to be in your life. Because, some, you know, we all get to a point where if we have family that is absolutely toxic and refuses to learn and change their behavior you have to make a decision of you continue to put up with it and the ensuing trauma or you make the the conscious choice to walk away and find people who aren't going to be like that and so this series in so many ways obviously there's like the connections between the couples but as especially for the very loner type characters as they make bonds with one person and then another and another and especially a character like Caleb who's kind of like what you want you we're friends how did when did that happen how did that happen oh I'm I'm what I think it's so beautiful because it can be really easy to think that no one will ever be your friend no one will ever love you no one will ever want to be in your life um especially if you think you don't deserve and this series and this book can show you that like you can find those people and you can create a community that will be there for you a group of people who will fight for you who will show up for you who will say when you need us we'll be there um and i I love, love, love that. Um, So yeah, this book is really cool and it very much... Ooh, and the other thing. So this book has a brief... You know, there's a scene with Caleb. He meets with Enna or Ina. Ina? Ina Mercant, which is Silver's grandmother. And the very next book is Silver Silence, which is Silver's book. And we'll see so much more of Ina Mercant. And... I really, really, really liked um, the glimpse that we did see of her and her sort of interaction with Caleb. Um, on the like uh, side, the architect and the consortium, they're trash and I hate them and I hope they die. And Ming is still not dead. I'm so annoyed. But Snow Dancer and its allies are slowly but surely strangling his financial empire. So I really need that man to die. Like, ugh day sir day um but yeah i really really this book is very different from i think every book in the series but very very needed so next week is gonna be silver silence guys and that book listen listen people that's gonna be wild we get bare changelings i mean i'm pretty sure i've mentioned that they exist we get to meet the stone water bears and <sighs> I love them like I love them so I'm going to pause here and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to talk a little bit about paranormal romance why I like it and why at this time in history it fills a very specific niche or void or I don't know corner je ne sais I'll be back okay so paranormal romance you might be like I love it or you might be like "Mm, it's okay or you might actually not like it and that's okay because there are going to be subgenres that we love and there are going to be subgenres that we don't love now I'm a huge fan of paranormal uh, romance and when I say huge fan I mean like I like it but it's not like I've read all of it and all no 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 but what I'm trying to say is I really like books that are romance that have you know characters that can 
turn into animals. I love shifter books. Um, a character that can turn into a lion, a wolf. Um, eh, I blanked. Ah, a bear. <laughs> I was like, there are more. Um, some people have done crazy things like hedgehogs. I mean, I like that. I also like books that have, you know, vampires and you know, ooh, dragons, that kind of stuff. And you're probably like, well, why, Esther? Like, like, what is it about that that you like? And I think, so, part of it is, as opposed to when you read a contemporary where you're just like, oh, this seems realistic, or oh, what the fuck? Like, I've read contemporaries that are based in New York, and I'm just like, girl, what? You've never lived in the city, have you? This don't make no type sense. Like, homegirl with this job could not live in this neighborhood, she would not be doing this. What about the trains? What do you mean? She got in a cab and got from here to here in this time. Girl, what? Not what? So there are things like that that can sometimes throw me off. And so maybe the story is like, or like the love story is great, but the details just kind of, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Um, sometimes with historicals, which I also love. It's like, uh, I mean, another break, Duke nobleman being a poo-poo head and uh, sometimes I'm just like uh, I don't really want to read about shit happening in the past when women did have to in many ways rely on men to provide them with the, the basic necessities for life because they didn't have a good father or great brothers or whatever family relatives that were male that weren't hot garbage then life was just fraught with sometimes I don't want to read that like sometimes I'm just like yeah I'd rather not be reminded of the fact that um this was the case um and so paranormal is fascinating to me in that it can be set on the same planet earth that we currently reside on right and yet that world is different and because that world is different because it has vampires or has werewolves or whatever the constructs of the world can be different the way characters move through the world can be different and that is okay and at no point am i ever like well that's not realistic girl it's a book about motherfucking vampires i'm sorry what like that is never going to come up like i'm never going to come up against a book and be like hmm that doesn't mean to say that these books are without any sort of critique at all and they're just perfect and wonderful no like there can be books that are set in cities just outside of new york and yet like mysteriously there aren't a lot of people of color huh hmm hmm questions um there can be books that you know like it doesn't mean but it the way that the world works can be different you can rewrite the way that women are treated you can elevate certain roles that in current day society might be seen as with a of of no value of no worth in your book you get uh, in a paranormal you can make this you know an exalted position or just the way in which characters interact when they're falling in love can be different and there can be different issues um than what we would see in a contemporary um or anything set in quote-unquote real world not to say that like you like you would still have things like different power dynamics when you've got a character that's really powerful and another character who on the surface isn't seen as a power or two characters coming from two different powerful parts of the world you know two not different powerful parts of the world two characters that are powerful from different parts of this world coming together so you're able to I think and when I say you I mean us as the reader um are able to see a world um fashioned differently from ours um and see what are some of the things that are done to lead to the outcomes that we end up getting um and so yeah I've always like I'm not one of some people are like I don't really like paranormal um and for some people I I can't understand how the world building can be a lot I personally love world building um regardless of or maybe not regardless 
I love world building because I like seeing the this new world. Now, that doesn't mean that I want to be bogged down with like 77 pages of descriptions of things. Like there are times where there have been historicals that I've picked up and I'm like, you spent way too long describing this drawing room to me and I don't care. And I'm not interested and I'm not invested and it doesn't help me. I think world building is helpful when it helps you understand the characters, their motivations, why they're going to be doing what they're doing, why their decisions might be seen as wild and crazy to the people around them, since obviously it's not, you know, the world we live in kind of thing. And so I've always, like, enjoyed the the romance that is on that level. Um, now, interestingly enough, like, I'm not like, oh my god, witches and wizards. That depends. Um, I did, I have started to read uh, Ilona Andrews. Ooh, I'm blanking on the series name. But the one that just had the book that just came out. I'm going to look it up because I'm blanking and it's no good to blank like that. Like, that's too much blanking. Donde esta? Donde esta? The, mm, yes, but what is the name of the series? This is the book. But the series. Como se llama? Oh, why can't I figure this out? You would think I could figure this out. Okay, it's the one that's got, like, Burn For Me and White Hot. And what is the series called? A Hidden Legacy Novel. Sorry, that took me way too long to figure out. Anyway, that is, like, an example of, like, magic being used. And I have enjoyed it. Um, But I don't tend to do gravitate to those honestly shifter books are like like my catnip like like people turn into animals yes what like tell me more um whether these animals are you know the animals that we see every day in real 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 life wolves you know or they're you know dragons which we we don't have oh i just realized i don't know if anyone's done unicorn shifter books is that too too much like Maybe because in our minds, unicorns are just solitary creatures that appear once in a blue moon. So like, what would that mean? Now, if you did a series with different animal shifters, and a unicorn was just one of them. Uh, ooh, you know what I want? And if it exists, can you please tell me? Owl shifters, like people who turn into owls because owls are awesome and I love them. Actually, any bird of prey. I love, I, when I was a kid, I wanted, um, my own pet eagle. I grew up in Canada, so you're probably like, yeah, that makes sense, because you're American. True, but I grew up in Canada, I just thought eagles were so cool, and then when I was like, mm, I was like, well, if not a pet eagle, what about a peregrine falcon, or what about a hawk, or what, my mother's looking at me like, we live in an apartment in Toronto. No, you cannot have a bird of prey, and I was like, oh, but like, maybe and she was like no like ever and I was like oh okay so yeah any bird of prey shifter uh book that's out there please just tell me send them to me um I would love to read them then I've also had like crazy thoughts like what if there was a pigeon shifter book and you're probably like bitch what listen I grew up with bringing neck doves as pets so like I do like look at pigeons I'm like oh you're so cute like if people are like they're the rats of the sky and I'm like yeah but they're cuter anyway I would love if someone out there is like I want to read a shifter book pigeons I'm just saying they're everywhere would be fascinating um I would also like you know weird weird less common animals when it comes to shifter books like say rabbits or um what was I thinking the other day that I was like ooh that would be penguin penguin shifter books it's just a thought um you could also do um see I want to say snakes because that would be cool but then I'm also like ooh snakes I don't know I don't know maybe maybe not now for example i've never been like a crocodile shifter book or alligator shifter book i'm just like what no i don't know why but i've never just been like yeah right because i think like in terms of like 
when you think of wolves, bears, lions, tigers, pumas, jaguars, right? These are big predatory animals. I'm like, yeah, cool. But like, so is an alligator. And I'm just like, no, mm -mm. maybe because it's a reptile. I'm not like a huge reptile fan. Maybe that's why. Perhaps. Um, Coyotes. Girl, yes. Give me coyotes. I mean, they're cousins to wolves. Like, of course. So, yeah, I always, I that is probably like my top tier sort of paranormal. But I also do like vampires. Part of this is probably because of Twilight on some degree. But also probably uh, most definitely Black Dagger Brotherhood. Now, I wasn't one of those people that was really into vampires, I think, before Black Dagger Brotherhood. I didn't, I haven't read any Anne Rice, don't plan to, um, haven't watched any of these Dracula vampire movies, whatever. Um, but I did read both Twilight and Black Dagger Brotherhood. Twilight just aggravates me with all sparkle, diamond, sparkly, whatever. And in the book, I didn't mind, but then they made the movies and then, oh God, that was horrible. And just made me livid and I was never team Edward actually I was always team Jacob team Jacob till I die Edward is disgusting and as far as I'm concerned anyway I don't like him so but I do like like the concept of like vampires and um so Nalini Singh has another series oh my god you were like thinking I wasn't gonna mention her again (laughs) sorry friends uh, the Guild Hunter series. And in this series, we've got angels, archangels, and vampires. And it is brilliant. Um, I think that's the first series where I really read. Uh, had I read anything with archangels previously to that? I don't know. J.R. Ward did have the Fallen Angel series, which I enjoyed. That might have been my first, like, angels um, sort of romance but I do like the idea of angels and archangels, beings with wings, um, and, you know, humans and all that jazz. Uh, and just this, this, the otherness of these characters, while at the same time not being that other. Because, you know, relationships, no matter who the characters are, are still relationships. And so, I'm bringing this up because I was seeing on Twitter, people were like, oh my god, paranormal renaissance um for romance and it does make sense that right now as everything in our world is kind of the you know the the the, I feel like the collective mood is like what in the fuck is 2020 doing and 2020 is like (laughs) trying to drive you crazy is it working is it work hold on hold on let me let me just sprinkle something new in to see like how much more cuckoo I can make you and so reading contemporaries and reading anything that's set in our world can feel odd in some ways. Um, it can be really fun, but it can also, you know, can maybe not feel as as much of an escape as a book that's like set on planet Earth, but like completely different because, you know, you got people falling in love with wolves who are also people or bears who are also people or bears and wolves Ooh, has anybody done a romance with bear a bear shifter and a wolf shifter falling together i also do like this idea of inner species like um relationships like a bear and a cat did someone do a bear and a cat recently oh shit anagiri yes i was like why does this seem so familiar because you just read it dum-dum um yes the war priest by anagiri had uh our two main characters callum was a bear shifter jaws is like i believe a lynx um shifter so bear and cat Mm, yes i like um yes i like stuff like that um and again i think it's because we're able to see and then if these stories have conflicts that involve crazy shit it doesn't feel as it you'll still obviously feel the emotion and all that jazz but it doesn't feel as like close to reality like i'm not ready to read books about people you know in quarantine no i'm not ready to read books about people dealing with a deadly bacteria or virus pandemic 
mm, no, I'm, I'm, it's not for me. At least not yet. Maybe not ever. But paranormal? I mean, if you made it where there's some sort of crazy bloodborne pathogen that's affecting vampires and maybe the cure is in the blood of their deadly enemy the hmm, hmm, let's think about it who could their deadly enemy be i don't know could it be a witch could it be a shifter could it be some other member of what you would think of as like you know paranormal and supernatural i don't know but like yeah why not something like that then i might not mind it so much but if it's like contemporary like eh, i don't know i'm not ready for it but i do i do really like paranormal and i see why people might be like yeah let's 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 do it let's go into that thought process because it's like why not and because it will feel like more of an escape maybe um and i'm just like yeah like give it to me and i i just i i've always enjoyed paranormal um sort of like books like i mean like what if you did like or what if you did like other kinds of monsters right like like maybe not necessarily like vampires, but like other sort of beings that are just you're like, wait a minute, what is what is going on here? Uh what 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 uh, what are we doing? Um and especially if it's like different I mean, I, I just want more of it. That's that that really is what it comes down to people writing about different kinds of paranormal beings falling in love whether they be vampires witches wizards shifters valkyries demigods gods angels archangels demons are there demi demons that sounds dumb maybe there aren't demi demons Ooh, hybrids. A demon and a vampire had a baby. What is that? A vampire? Oh my god, that was terrible. Oh, but I liked it. Hmm. Ooh, actually, yeah, what if there's like all these supernatural beings? You're gonna be like, Esther, that would be Chrysler Cole's Immortals After Dark. And I'm like, you're right, you're right. Which I have to like finish reading. Um,. But yeah, stuff like that. Stuff like that's like, you know, or it's like paranormal romantic suspense. Paranormal um, rom. <gasps> paranormal rom com? But like, please have comedy, okay? Not you. Know. Oh. oh. Like, what if you got a werewolf who is a baker and. They end up falling for a line shifter who, I don't know, could be their competition or could be like a different kind of business or the line shifter always thought that they'd end up with another lion and creating a pride and it's like a werewolf. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So if you're an author and you're listening and you're like, huh, what should I do next? Paranormal. I'm, I'm just saying. Paranormal romance. We would love to see it. Love with a capital L. Actually, love in all capital letters. <laughs> Make them capital bubble letters. Yeah, yeah. Give it to us. Give it to us. But yeah, I really do enjoy it. And I think that we may see a rise of that due to you know the wildness that is a real life but anyway guys um i'm gonna let y'all go i hope you have a great week if you're in canada uh i believe you're off today because it's victoria day um and so you have a long weekend
hopefully. And hopefully you're having, you're doing something that's both fun and safe. Um, I will see you, you guys will hear from me next week. When, as I said, I will be talking about Silver Motherfucking Silence. That book, yo. Okay, so if up until this point you've been listening and haven't really been reading and you're like, you know, like where should I begin? I don't really want to start with Slave to Sensation. I think it's crazy, but okay. You can start with Silver Silence because that's sort of like we've had a bit of a reset and we're, we're starting with a whole new host of, of of characters and things. And the characters that have come before, we do see in these books. So if you're like, wait, I never see Lucas and Sasha again. No, of course you do. Um, most definitely. But you get to meet other uh, characters. Now, Silver Mercat and uh is it valentin nikoslaev i feel like i just lied about his name um you're like Esther, why did you lie because that's what i do best no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding don't take my you know don't take my word for wow anyway it is such a brilliantly good like i love this book so much um, I mean, Alpha Knight is close to the top now, but Silver Silence, I think, is probably after Branded. Mm, actually, no, I think this tops Branded by Fire, and that was my first Nalini thing ever. Um, but yeah, oh, I said Nikolaev. It's Nikolaev. Nikolaev? Nikolaev. I'm going to call him Nikolaev. Yeah, Silver Mercant and Valentin Nikolaev. Oh, <laughs> bitch this is a book and their story mm, i mean i just you just don't know you just don't know it's so good it's so so good so good so brilliant so well done and it brings us to a region of the world that we've been in before but briefly because this book we're smack dab in Moscow and oh I'm not gonna lie I was kind of like ooh, should I find a Russian boo and then you know real life was like girl what are you what are you doing what <laughs> he's not gonna be a bear shifter I was like right darn shucks because if he was friends friends but yes that'll be next week um take care oh is there any uh Juana Jackson's Real Men Knit comes out on the 19th of May. So that will be Tuesday. Um, and that is, I, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm having fun reading it. Um, what else? What else? Jackie Lyle's Pregnant by the Playboy comes out the week after thought. May 26th, I believe. Which I think is a day after Memorial Day weekend. I think so. I think it's that Tuesday. Um, any other books that are like immediately coming out? I don't think. So. I mean, I'm sure there are other books, but not that I, I have read just yet. Um, so yeah, take care. Be kind to yourselves. Stay fucking hydrated, um, especially now that it's getting warmer. Um, try to get some fresh air in a safe manner and i will talk to you guys next week bye